0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today, I'm gonna talk about understanding your authority in Jesus Christ. What authority has been given to us? Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and earth. What's been given to us, we'll find out about it because it plays in so much with the day we're living in, in times
1: before the coming of Jesus Christ. Does that sound exciting? Let's go to the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian.
0: Hello, welcome back again to Student of the Word, if you have been watching for some time, and welcome to Student of the Word, if this is your first time. Glad to have you here with us today. I'm going to be teaching on the kingdom of God and how it's going to be coming soon. We're living in the end times. In fact, really, to be honest with you, the end times started on the day of Pentecost, and uh, this is what was prophesied in the Old Testament. And Peter stood up on that day, the day of Pentecost, said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It will come to pass in the last days. The last days began on the day of Pentecost. So we've been two, over 2000 years in the last days. And so today I can honestly say we are in the end of the last days, the last of the last days with all the world conditions around us, what's happening in our own nation, what's happening in the different countries of the world, as far as everything is leading toward a centralized world government. And, uh, you know, all everything being pulled together, we'll have one uh, international headquarters out of the EU and uh, all of the nations will come under that anyway. All that's been prophesied in the word of God and now is beginning to come to pass. We are in the end of the end times. And when the end times for the church comes to an end, we're gonna be raptured and taken out of here. I know that's very controversial today. In fact, there's very little teaching on the rapture of the church because so many people have the idea that the church is going to bring the world into order, it's governments, it's communication, it's press, it's education, and it's entertainment. We are going to bring all that together, and then Jesus Christ will come after we have subdued the earth. Well, let me just tell you something again. Yes, Jesus has given us authority. I do not contradict that, but he has not given us all authority. Jesus said before he left all, you can underline that in your Bible, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth, but then he qualified what our authority is. He said, now go and preach the gospel to all nations, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. Then he also went on to say, and make disciples out of all nations. That is what God has given us to do. There are other things we've been told in the word of God to do, such as with our government. Paul told uh, Timothy, Second Timothy, he told him, here's what to pray for your government. Pray for our kings and all that have authority over us, that number one, that they may be saved, and number two, they come to the full knowledge of the truth. Well, that's the great commission. We are to pray for them to first of all get saved like we do the rest of the world. And whenever we have the opportunity to meet one, we need to talk to them about Jesus, have they given their life to Jesus Christ? If they have, are they becoming a disciple of the Lord, following after his word? Because what we need in office is not just Christians. What we need in office is Christians who are also disciples, understand the importance of the word of God. It's just like in your Christian life. If all God wanted was for you to get saved, then he would have hauled you up to heaven as soon as you received Jesus. But he left us here to become disciples because the best thing to win and make a new convert is not just a convert. The best thing to make a convert is a disciple. One who understands can answer questions. One who knows the word of God and knows how to answer in love the world around us and give them the grace of God. That's why he's left us here. So again, we do not have authority over world conditions. No, in fact, God has already told us that he will do that. And uh, the times are in his hands. They came to Jesus just before he went into heaven. The disciples did in chapter one of the book of Acts. And they said to him, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know, understand the times of the seasons, which are in my father's hands. When it comes to end times, the coming of the kingdom, the rapture of the church, all these things, it is not in our hands. What's been given in our hands is to number one, preach the gospel and then operate in signs and wonders to cause that to happen and people to receive Jesus. And then number two, to make disciples out of them. And that comes by, again, raising up church. I think the best example of this is found in Acts chapter 19. The great revival was in Ephesus and then into chapter 20. And in chapter 19, we have all the signs, wonders, and miracles and the hundreds of thousands of uh, those in Ephesus that gave their life to Jesus Christ. And by the end of the chapter, it says the, the city government leader said, They've turned the world upside down. The whole continent of Asia was shaken by the gospel, Of Jesus Christ. And then in chapter 20, we find out something that during that three-year revival, Paul was also raising up churches. He was doing the two parts of the Great Commission, winning the lost, at the same time establishing churches so that when he left, they could be raised up in the things of God. Because a missionary, evangelist, or some uh, person coming in, such as an apostle, can come in and see people saved and raise up a church, but he can't stay there. And Paul could not stay, eventually left, but that church became one. most successful churches in the ancient world. So again, the teaching seems to be today in in many areas of the world. It's, It's been here before. It's called kingdom theology. And it simply says, we as Christians are going to subdue the world Again, it's governments, communication, it's press, it's education, entertainment. Then Jesus will come back and rule and reign. And they say, Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. I used to think that was in the Bible till one day I looked at it, that's not even there. What it says is he's going to present us to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. We will not be spot and wrinkle free until we stand before the judgment seat of Christ and all the wood, hay and stubble has been burned out. That's First Corinthians chapter three. All that's left over is gold, silver and precious stones. And on that day, he's going to perfect us and make us into the bride. But we are not going to be the bride of Christ down here. We will become the bride of Christ up there. And then when that is over in Revelation 19, we will come back with Jesus to the earth as a bride adorned for her husband." So it simply comes back to this again. We are not going to gain and make full Uh, Growth down here on the earth. There's always gonna be new people getting saved. Listen, if Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, we need to quit getting people saved. And we need to quit discipling people. I mean, and on top of that, we need to go to work on each other. And I'm not real sure about you. And I know you're probably not real sure about me. And then we look at our mate and go, I'm not really sure about my wife. Is she without spot or wrinkle? She knows my, she said, well, I know my husband's got spots and wrinkles. We all do. we still have things we're ironing out in our life, things we are still working out in our creation life, and we are not going to perfect ourselves. We didn't even get ourselves saved. How are we going to perfect ourselves? Well, we've got the word. That's true. But in the meantime, we are always going to be working on something. Even if we live to be 170 years old, and we've been studying the word applied every single day, there's still going to be a few areas we need to iron out in our life. And Jesus is going to do the final thing and then present us to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkled. So the word teaches us again that Jesus will one day subdue the world systems at the end of the battle of Armageddon. Jesus is called Alpha and Omega. He's called the beginning and the end. It's said of him, he who's begun a good work will complete it. So again, we have been given authority over Satan until that day to hinder Satan, to block him, to slow him down, but we will not get rid of him off this planet. We get, we've been given authority over demons. Jesus said, I give you authority over uh, you know serpents and scorpions. Serpents are large demons and scorpions are small demons. And so he's given us the over the powers of hell itself. He's given us that. We have authority over sickness and disease. These are things all taught us under Jesus and then presented in the great commission that that is part of our witnessing tool to the world to bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we do not have the ability to get Satan off this planet. I mean, I've talked to people, said, God's given us all authority. I said, well, then go ahead and kick, kick Satan off the planet. Well, I, I go ahead, just do it now. Jesus is going to do it, it says in the Bible when he comes back. But if you've been given all authority, why wait for Jesus? Just go ahead and do it now because you can't do it. And on top of that, you can't kick demons off the planet. You can stop their works. In fact, Jesus said, I give you authority over all the works of the enemy. And so their works, but we can't get rid of Satan. We can't get rid of his kingdom off this earth. That's gonna take Jesus Christ. In fact, the good news is it's already been accomplished through the cross and Jesus is just gonna come back one day and implement what's already been done. And even Satan knows that he is a fallen being. Satan knows he's already been defeated at the cross. And right now he's just a waiting period before Jesus comes back and finds He puts him in prison. The sentence has been given, but actually him being put away for the sentence and serving his time is not going to occur until after the tribulation is over. Then he will be cast into hell for a thousand years, released for a small season, and then be cast in the lake of fire forever and forever. So do we look to the word of God or as Americans, do we look to our first amendment? And so many people look to that and say, well, that's what God has given to us. Let me ask you a question. What do other nations do? They don't have a first amendment like we do. On top of that, they don't have a constitution like we do. And on top of that, the people don't have as much rights as we do. We are so, so blessed to live in the United States of America, but understand the United States of America is not the millennial reign of Jesus. Five seconds into the millennium, you're gonna go, wow. The United States was great, but it wasn't this good. And I can honestly say that based on the word of God, that honestly, the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ is gonna be like like a worldwide garden of Eden for a thousand years. Satan won't be here. Demons won't be here. The curse will be lifted. I mean, we can go down the list of things that are gonna happen at that time. When the curse is lifted, the Bible says the return of Jesus and the Old Testament says this. When he comes back at the end of the tribulation, to set up his kingdoms on this earth. It says the lion will lay down with the lamb. We go down the whole list of things that's gonna happen and a child can pick up a serpent and it won't bite them or hurt them. But it also goes on to say that the trees will clap their hands and the oceans will clap their hands at the coming of the king. That's because the curse that was placed there at the time of Adam on this earth will be lifted at that time. So again, it's and listen, I'm so glad. In fact, if I, there's ever a chance I can use my first amendment rights, I'll do it because that's guaranteed guaranteed. guaranteed by my country, but you know what? What the country guarantees can be changed and taken away. But Jesus gave us again our position in him, and my salvation can't be taken away. The blessings I have waiting on me can't be taken away. And so again, the First Amendment could be unamended in the U.S. Paul used his Roman citizenship twice. Once in Philippi with Silas, after being released from prison, he even mentioned his Roman citizenship. The Word of God never changes worldwide. It's used by Peter and John after being told not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. So, We wanna know what in the world is happening in our earth today. God is simply asking his church to rise up and for us to slow down, for us to block and to hinder all the works of Satan. We've been doing that now for some 2000 years and Satan is so exasperated around it, he cannot even show his antichrist. Antichrist can't even come and announce himself until the church is taken out of the way. This is found in 2 Thessalonians as Paul is talking to the Thessalonians there. We live in such a specialized time and we get to see this transition as we see what's going on around us as the world empire is being set up, as the world's kingdom is being set up, Again, more like a Tower of Babel that's being rebuilt today, but it's gonna come down just like the Tower of Babel did because it was God that destroyed the Tower of Babel. It's God that's gonna destroy this kingdom right now that's called the tribulation and the one world government that's happening right now. So it may look tough around us. It may look hard around us, but understand, read the end of the word of God and find out we win. That's where this world is headed to. But where I'm headed to as a Christian and you are headed to as a Christian is Jesus is gonna come back and take us to heaven before the tribulation actually starts. We can see the kingdom being built around us and the worst days are still yet to come ahead for the world, but great things are happening for the kingdom of God. I'll see you right after the break.
1: Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the word of God will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for his saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include The Seven Dispensations, The Dispensation of the Mystery, The Rapture of the Church, The Judgment Seat of Christ, Daniel's Seventy Weeks, the Temple Discourse, the Tribulation, the Second Coming, the Millennial Reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation,
0: The announcer just told you about the book, Understanding the End Times. I wrote this book many years ago. And the point of why it's still here today is because I didn't say when Jesus was coming back. So often books have to be taken off and reprinted because somebody actually prophesied when he's coming back. And as far as I'm concerned, the word of God is true. Even Jesus doesn't know when he's gonna come back. He will know once that he the rapture occurs when he's going to come back for his kingdom. But until that time, he doesn't know. He said, only God the Father knows. I don't know. The angels don't know. So how can we know and put it into a book? But the book simply deals with time periods. It deals with the dispensations. It deals with where we as the church are. It talks about the priority and the greatness of the church over all other dispensations before us. And I know the books can be a great blessing to you and help you understand what the word of God is saying about the day we live in. Look at Psalm with me, Psalm 2, the second Psalm. You know, this is one of those things that uh, if I, if, you know, how would you like to be in Washington right now? Be a fly on the wall and listen to what's going on. In the halls of the Congress and the Senate, they're having their private meetings, and uh, especially when people on the left, you know, they, the the uh, those that are liberal are in there, and they're planning on what they're going to do in the days to come. Wouldn't you like to be there and know what their plans are? Well, I can tell you something. God was a fly on the wall a long time ago. He talks about what goes on behind the scenes with these evil countries and evil people in the countries. And here's the point is that this never changed. I mean, the, the evil that's inside of people started with Satan and since Satan doesn't change, then the things that people wanna do doesn't change. Satan just puts a new title on it. I mean, it actually has evolved from communism to socialism to the liberal today and then I mean, all the different things that we see today. And uh again, titles for it change, but it's the same thing. Once it comes in, it's the same thing that's always been. And so in Psalm two verses one through five, David in writing this Psalm, The Lord tells him what goes on behind the scenes of these other nations around their evil, what their plans are, and the plans are still the same today, and they've been working ever since the Tower of Babel to try to take over the entire world and have an international world government. Psalm 2 says in verses 1 through 5, "'Why do the heathen or the nations rage?' why do the people plot empty things? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. The Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ and his anointed are those that are saved and those that have a call and those that are part of God's kingdom. And here's what they say. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. In other words, notice we can't stop them, but we slow them down. We've always been the chains hanging around them. We're the ropes hanging around him. And every time they try to cut them free, we're right back again. The church began on the day of Pentecost and in a chapter or two later they're simply saying, these people are multiplying so fast. Every other person that's risen up with some false religion, it's eventually fell apart. But this thing is made up of people that were not religious. It's made up of people that aren't Jews. It's made out of people that don't understand the law and yet they're fervent for the Lord Jesus. And they talk about Jesus. They talk about the fact he's God But these people keep going and the pressure they caused on the church caused the people to scatter. But I love the Greek word for scatter. It's the word for dispersing seed. It says, and they said, when they scatter, they go like seed. We think we're getting rid of them, but like seed, they start cropping up everywhere. And one person produces 5, 10, 20, 30. Every convert produces more converts. Churches are now rising up. And they were actually multiplying faster than they could kill them, including Saul of Tarsus. And then on the other hand, even Saul got saved. And so their leading one killing Christians now becomes a Christian himself, joins and becomes the leader, one of the greatest apostles ever and wrote some two thirds of the New Testament. What a great story that turned into. So he goes on to say there again in that verse of scripture, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens will laugh. The Lord will hold them in derision. Then he will speak to them in wrath. He started off laughing. He talked about deriding them. Now he shifts over to wrath and distress in his great and deep displeasure. What's it saying? Jesus sits in heaven with God the Father and all these plans are being made. We're gonna get rid of the church. We're gonna break their bonds. We're gonna cast away their cords from us. We're gonna get set free from these people. And God's in heaven and just starts laughing and laughing. Then they start talking about their plans They're going to take over the whole world. And God takes and punches Jesus and makes fun of them. He said, he derides them. He has them in derision. So he starts making fun of them. Did you hear that? They're going to get rid of us. They're going to get rid of the church. <laughs> and Jesus says, yeah, the church, I said, the gates of hell would not prevail against us. And then they start laughing at all this. Then it turns into anger. And it says the Lord will hold them in derision, then speak to them in his wrath and distress of his deep displeasure. And the verses go on to say after this, he has a kingdom plan that they can't stop. He has a kingdom plan that Satan can't stop. Oh, it'll look like for a while while they're doing okay, but God's going to be in heaven and he's going to bring the last thing. And when Satan rises up against Jerusalem and conquers half of it in one day and thinks they're going to take it the next day, the next day, they're one day away from taking the city of Jerusalem. And that would literally stop all prophecy. God would be proven to be wrong. And on that day, when that happens, literally the whole world will be covered in darkness. And by the end of the day, Jesus Christ will come back in that darkness as lightning from the East to the West and destroy all those nations and their armies coming against Israel. There's so many of them. The Bible says that the blood from that particular battle will be up to the horse's bridles and run for 185 miles. And it's all caused by one person, the Lord Jesus Christ, the captain of the Lord's hosts. So we are the chains and ropes that are binding the world's governments. They're out to rid themselves of Christians. They're out to rid themselves of Israel. And these are the two major oppositions in this world. Israel stands for God's covenant with his people. And the church is those in this earth that have been formed into the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. God laughs at them and then derides them. So when God gives hope, he points to the second coming. So if you want hope, God's not going to just point to you and the authority you have. If you want full hope, he points to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 110 verses one and two says this, the Lord said to my Lord, that's God, the father said to my Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion and your rule in the midst of your enemies. This is what he's simply saying. In the midst of those enemies, Jesus will return and he will take over this earth and he will take over this earth forever. Once he takes it over at the beginning of the millennium, that will last for a thousand years. Then he'll continue to take over this earth as the whole earth is renovated for eternity. At the end of that renovation, heaven will come down and rest over earth. This is in the closing two chapters of the book of Revelation, how that that's going to happen. And then heaven will rest over earth forever and forever. And this is what God has planned. Hebrews chapter one and verse eight says this, you God, the father had put all things in subjection under his feet. That's Jesus. So In heaven, all things are seen as under the feet of Jesus. Do we see it manifested yet? No, but it will be one day. But as far as we know right now, what's God saying? It's already been done. It's a done deal. That's like when I get saved. You know, at that point, I receive it. It was done before, you know, Jesus arose and sat down at the right hand of the Father in heaven. 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross and purchased my redemption. I'm just now cashing it in. I've had this thing, the ticket, and all I've done was cash that ticket in. That ticket was found in the Word of God. I just attached my name to it and came to Jesus and accepted him. But he didn't have to go to the cross when I accepted him. He already went to the cross. Let me tell you what. When end times come and Jesus comes back to rule and reign, he's not going to have to go back and do all the work again. It's already been done. He's just going to come back and accomplish it in one fell swoop. So Hebrews 1.8 says this, of the Father toward the Lord Jesus Christ, you, Father, have put all things in subjection under Jesus' feet. For in that, he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under Everything has been put under Jesus, not under us. We have certain things that's been placed under us, but we do not have everything put under us. But he goes on to say, but now we do not see all things put under him. The manifestation hasn't come yet, but the thing is a done deal. And if it's a done deal and God said, it's going to come to pass and I'll see it with my eyes, then you know what's going to happen? I'll see it with my eyes. This verse guarantees it, but the point of it is Jesus guaranteed it. Satan in the world order that is to come is already under Jesus' feet. Again, it's a done deal. It's over but we don't see it manifested yet. And the next thing is Armageddon. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. The battle of Armageddon is the war that's going to stop all wars and then open up the kingdom into this earth and Jesus Christ will come back and rule and reign. At that time, Jesus will get rid of Satan, get rid of all demons, fallen angels. He'll get rid of uh, religion. He'll get rid of all unbelievers. He'll get rid of Antichrist, the false prophet, the beast, all these things will be taken care of. And then he will rid the world of the curse that was here at the time of Adam. When Adam fell, a curse came into this earth but Jesus has already made provision for that to be undone and he will on that day. And then we in resurrection bodies will be here on this earth with people who came through the tribulation and did not die, stayed true to God's plan. And as the Bible says, those that endure to the end will be spared. Those that endure to the end of the tribulation will be spared to go right on into the millennial reign of Jesus. And those in natural bodies will have children and the children will proliferate in this earth and we will have population explosion for a thousand years. So what's our political involvement today? Well, first of all, pray for political leaders to be saved and come to the full knowledge of the truth. This is salvation and discipleship. Pray that for our political leaders. Quit praying that they'll get voted out of office. Quit voting, I mean, quit praying that they're gonna die in office. Pray this, Lord, I want them to be saved. Lord, I ask, that you send people across their path that know Jesus. I ask that they come out of the woodwork and come and talk to them and talk about Jesus. And then I pray for the conviction mystery of the Holy Spirit to be upon them so they'll know they need Jesus. And then once they're saved, that they're gonna have a craving for the word of God. And just like it did to Saul who became the apostle Paul, it can do for them. Pray for sinners to have the spiritual blindness removed so they can receive Jesus. Curse the works of Satan over them. Tell to your people to vote and work with candidates. Teach some of them who feel called to run for office that you have, that you want to help them. Paul was greatly helped at Ephesus and other cities by believers in government positions. We need them today. But on the other hand, again, don't believe that you're going to stop or completely change the entire world. That's for the work of Jesus. My changing of the world is not the world system, but the people in the world. The word has two definitions in the New Testament. For God so loved the world, that's the people of the world. But then it says later, God hates the world. Well, that's the world system. But the people of the world, he's given to us and told us go preach the gospel into all the world. That's to the people. We go into the world system, but the ones we affect are those that are part of the world and they receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Jesus will come back one day and conquer the world system. And then the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. And he will rule and reign forever and forever. You know what? We're living in special times. I'm glad to be a Christian at this time. I and you
1: were born for such a time as this. See you next time.